Uh, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is Tyler, and I just wanted to give you guys a chance to uh, reach out to me to help build this body of Christ that we are that we are here together. So, if you have any questions, any you know thoughts, uh, needs, or desires to hear, uh, I want to give you the opportunity to email me at don't call it religion at gmail.com and uh, I'll be sure to monitor these things and uh, get back to you as soon as possible. All right, God bless and let's get into it. All right, so Lord, we just come before you tonight. We thank you so much for uh, the vacation and the, and the, the relaxation, Lord, and the refreshing uh, time that I got to be able to take, but also thank you for the revelations in your word that I received, Lord, and just I ask that you put your cold on my lips and let your words speak forth and revelation and wisdom come, Lord. All glory and honor to you this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. So it was funny, I, I started, I told you guys before off recording that I was taking a vacation. So I went down to Emerald Isle, North Carolina, and just uh, family vacation and just enjoyed myself but in preparation for it everybody was buying books and talking about oh I'm gonna bring this book down for the beach so I was like all right you know what I'll I'll do that too and so I looked on Amazon and I found one book that was a story um, loosely based in the, in the Saul time frame era just a fictional story and then I also bought another one for called The Hundred Most Important Events in Christian History. And so as you, you know, you look at it and it's kind of just, you know, a page, page and a half blurbs of the, the, the authors that wrote it, their, their take on the most important events in Christian history. And so I start reading it and I'm, and, and I'm asking the Lord and I'm like, why did I even bother buying this? You know, why did, why do I care what has happened in Christian history, it, it, it bears no witness to where I'm at now. It doesn't, doesn't hold any water to my faith. It doesn't, what happened then does not change what my faith is. And so I started reading this. And basically, I just kept getting angrier and angrier at it because what I saw time and time again was man, 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 making these things. And, and so, you know, it starts off, you know, super early. We're talking the very first uh, event is the year 64 with the fire in Rome. And then in year 70, Titus destroys Jerusalem. And so those are the first two uh, important events, they said, in Christian history. And then it just goes on and it starts to list these things. And, and as I'm reading them, I'm just, I'm starting to see a twisting of God's words, a twisting and a misunderstanding of, of, the, of the, the preachings of Jesus. Now, I do have to give, you know, grace where grace is due. And the Bible wasn't prevalent back then. It was passed down. It was, you know, only the literate could read it. Um, only the rich had them. You know, monasteries compiled them in libraries. 
And so they were the ones that managed it. And they were the ones that doled it out. So whatever they said was, quote-unquote, the gospel truth. And, and so reading it with my glasses, I just get so angry at the deception and the lies and the false beliefs that were predicated by these people. And, and so, you know, I, see, I read the, you know, the little snippet on the Council of Nicaea and how um, the Bible came to be. And, and, you, and it starts talking to you about these popes and everything. And I'm just like, this is, this is infuriating because they're talking about sacraments. And they're talking about, you know, things that you need to do in order to be saved. And, and, and talking about how they would smother the translations so that they wouldn't be able to get out. Um, and, and so, the, uh, so the, the normal people would be able to read it. So they controlled all the power. And we see all the power plays going on and everything. And so it's just like, it, and, and the, the uh, ebb and flow of Christian, Christian popularity through all these years and decades. And, and it's just... To me, it was just infuriating. So I've gotten about three quarters of this way through, and probably after I listen, after I preach this, I'm done with this. I won't finish it. But the the after reading their 100 events in Christian history, I have to say, of the ones that I have read, the number one. Uh, greatest event that they listed was in 1456 and that was when Johann Gutenberg produced the first printed Bible. That to me out of all of these you know and it even includes you know Billy Graham in here, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, all the you know people that the that are known to me the greatest achievement the greatest single event that they've listed is a printing press because from, from that point forward it's now easier to get the Bible into the hands of people to read it and not just take somebody's word for it. And so as I've looked through all these, you know, I've just kept seeing, you know, we repeat this history. You know, the, the popularity leads to dangerous uh, changes in doctrine to stay popular. You know, when Constantine became a Christian, all of a sudden it was cool to be Christian. And so now you have everybody becoming Christian, but you really don't know who is a true Christian and who's just in it because it's the thing. You know, and so as I'm looking through this and, and I'm seeing these, these different beliefs coming out of, out of, out of the Bible, the, the Calvinists, the Anabaptists, the Mennonites, you know, all these people, and I'm like, and the Presbyterians and the Protestants and the Catholics, I'm just infuriated because all it is is man and religion constructing for themselves power and money. You know, this doesn't, this, the book itself doesn't sway you as one, for one way or another. 
it just states the facts. And so I'm just going to state the facts. The top four events in Christian history starts with the birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew 1, 18 through 21. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, I am an angel of the Lord. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take for you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's the first event of Christianity that needs to be followed and understood as one of the greatest, is the birth of Jesus Christ himself. Matthew 3.13 through 17 is the second one and it's the baptism of Jesus Christ then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him and John tried to prevent him saying I need to be baptized by you and are you coming to me but Jesus answered and said to him permit it to be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness then he allowed him when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And as you guys can guess, the next two are the blameless life, leading a blameless life, and the death. So if we go to Hebrews 7.23... Hebrews 7.23, Also there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore he is also able to save the uttermost, those, to the uttermost, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those priests, high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once and for all when he offered himself up himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weakness, but the word of the oath which came after the law appoints the Son who has been perfected forever." And then if you flip over to Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 8. 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So this is it, guys. Don't follow anybody else. These are the top four events of Christianity. The birth, the baptism, the life, and the death of Jesus Christ. That's all that matters. That's the only thing that matters. It's what makes Christianity Christianity. It doesn't matter who goes after him. It is all about Jesus. You know, and so you have these, like I said, the Calvinists, the Mennonites, you know, the Anabaptists, the Catholics. All these are men changing these four things and corrupting it for their own power, their own pleasure, their own glory. You know, I don't want to be called, I don't need to be called a Baptist. I don't need to be called a Calvinist, a separatist, anything like that, because my, my belief isn't based off of one other, any other man's belief, but Jesus Christ himself. You know, so labeling me non-denominational, forget that. I am of Jesus Christ forever and ever, amen. You know, and so throughout that, the, the, the history of Christianity, there have been arguments and, and, and debates and, and, peop and, and people calling, kings calling councils to discuss doctrine and, and form the opinions of churches. And, and I, I kind of laugh at this. Because there is no compromise in the Bible. The Bible is what it says it is. It says what it says it says. <laughs> it is the end all be all. I don't give a rat's butt how you interpret it. The Bible says what it says. That's the truth. Not your version of the truth or your truth color or the word colored by your perspective you know homosexuality is a sin period amen murder is a sin period amen no matter how justified it's a sin adultery a sin pornography a sin all of it is a sin Yet here, I saw in that book, significant events where they, they determined salvation and they talked about what worship's supposed to be and who the Trinity is and, you know, like talking about one man and his dissertation on the Trinity. Why do you, why do you need to give a dissertation on the Trinity? It tells you exactly who they are. 
You know, why does somebody need to write a dissertation on salvation? Because it's right there in the word. Go to Psalm 62. Verse 1, truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. Nothing else. From God himself, my salvation comes. You can just write these down because I'm just going to start flipping through. I got a bunch of them. John 14, 6. If you can keep up, great. <laughs> Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 4, 8 through 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for, good, for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Period. You want to know God? You got to go through Jesus. You don't know Jesus? You don't know God. Salvation comes through Jesus. And these are just three verses I picked out. The Bible's rampant with examples of salvation coming from God and Jesus Christ. That's it. What's there to debate about? Worship. What does worship look like? Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. John 4.24. I'll start in verse uh, 21. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know that what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. 2 Corinthians 
chapter 1, 3, and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of our mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. Worship God. Bless God the Father. That's who you worship. You worship Jesus as Lord. You worship God as the Father. Don't tell me that I have to twirl around three times. Say 17 Hail Marys to worship God. That, that I can only worship out of a certain book. That I can only sing songs. No, basically in Psalm 150, praise Him with everything. You have breath, praise Him. Anything you have, drum your fingers, praise Him. Praise the Lord with everything you have. There is no boundary to praising the Lord. The Trinity. This is one of those things that it took somebody that they had to, <laughs> had to expound on it. 1 Corinthians 11, 3. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Boom. God is head, followed by Christ. Colossians. 115. Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus Christ throughout the entire Bible talks about God. Go to Acts 5. Acts 5, verse 31. Start in verse 29 here. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Go to John 15 verses 26 and 27. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. The Trinity. God is the head. Jesus is the Lord and our, and our Savior. And the Holy Spirit is a Helper. What more do you need to understand?
What, a, what does a helper do? Everything. He comes from God. What, is God. what do we do to God? We worship God. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. You know, all these things, the belief in salvation, how the worship in this next one, confessing sins, Psalm 32. Verse 5. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And then going all the way to, towards the end, 1 John 1.9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is Jesus Christ Himself. God elevated Him upon His death to the name above all names, to His right hand, to forgive sins, and grant righteousness. No one else does that. No one else can do that. The Catholic Church is wrong. I don't need to go to anybody else, any freaking priest, and ask him to absolve me and, tell, and have him tell me what I need to do to be absolved of sins. No, I confess it to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ forgives my sins. They, the end. Nothing else. Anything else, praying to anything else is idolatry. Anything other than Jesus Christ, God himself, and thanking them for the Holy Spirit is idolatry. Period. You will have no other gods before me. Guess what? Praying to somebody else, praying to freaking Mary is not going to save you. You want your sins forgiven? Go to Jesus Christ. Ask Him for forgiveness. And He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And if you're like me, you can do it every 10 minutes because you sin that much. It feels like some days. I don't need to wait until a specific month or a specific day or schedule a freaking sitting with somebody. The moment I sin, I'm on my knees. I'm on my face and I'm begging Jesus Christ to forgive me my sins and to restore me to the righteousness that I need. And then they go on even more throughout this history. And even now, you know, denominations are separated over how do you read the word? You know, tithing. The church is separated <clears throat> in all of these things. These, these reading the word, tithing, baptism. Like, I can't tell you how many times growing up, it was like, you need to be in the word for 30 minutes a day. You need to be tithing 10%. That's not God, that's religion. 
God doesn't want religion. He wants obedience. Go to, go to Joshua 1.8. The book, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. No, I don't see it in there. No, there's no read for 30 minutes. Okay, let me check this other one. Psalm 1 through 6. 1, 1 through 6. Hmm. Let's see here. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. No, no yep, day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You want to prosper? Meditate day and night. You want to receive blessings? Meditate day and night. None of this 30 minutes crap. None of this, I'm just going to get my daily bread. It's a constant thing. None of this, oh, let me read the daily verse and then I'll be good. Meditate on these things day and night. Because I know, just like many of you, that as soon as you read the quote-unquote daily verse, it's in and out your head, and you can't remember 10 minutes later what that verse said. Meditate on the word day and night. Things aren't going right for you. Meditate on the word day and night. Life is falling apart. Meditate on the word day and night. Why? Because you won't be shaken. You will be prosperous. You will be blessed. This one really grinds my gears here. This, this religion one of tithing. 1 Samuel. First Samuel 15, 22. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Mark 12 13 through 17. Then they sent to him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. When they had come, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring, a bring me a denarius that I may see it. So they brought it. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. The whole reason God puts in the tense 
and, and for, for festivals and stuff is because as man, we are sinful. We're going to keep everything, all of that we have. We're not going to give it to the Lord. We're not going to remember to give it to the Lord. But we need to be obedient in our giving over being the religious. I never miss an offering plate and giving 10%. That's religion. God says he doesn't want that. He wants your obedience. And the reason... I hate the offering plate. Be, be, because it, de- it demands, it guilts, it's, it shames. You know, if you, f- you feel this guilt that when you, at least I did, that when I got the offering plate, if I didn't put anything in it, when somebody right next to me put it in, I felt guilty for not doing it and kind of kept my head down and shuffled it onto the next person. God's not about shame. The enemy is. Not God, but he wants you to be obedient. So I don't tithe regularly, but I tithe, tithe meaning tenth, I give whatever the Lord tells me to where I need to go, where I need to, to give that money, where it needs to grow. You, you reap what you sow. So where do you sow? Do you sow money to a place that you reap good or do you sow in a place where you reap bad? You know, I, I sow to other ministries. I sow to Israel. Because the Lord says those who bless Israel will be blessed. Selfishly, yes, I want to be blessed. But they're God's chosen people. I'm going to sow into that. Knowing God's promises. And in thanks, because salvation came from the Jews to me. Jesus Christ was a Jew. So if I can just give money to the Jews in thankfulness and obedience to God, that's what he wants. I could give a dollar, and it's my obedience to the Lord. But I will, I will challenge you, where do you sow? Because what you sow, from where you sow, you will reap. You, you sow in in. Soil, you're not going to reap anything. Bad soil, you're not going to reap anything. Baptism. I always had a hard one with this one. Go to John 3. The the church now is always, is just like, anytime I've seen it um, in a church, it just, it, it disgusts me. They make this, this pageantry of it. These holding, you know, the one trend the one year was holding up signs and saying redeemed and saved and, you know, whatever. It's all, it was a show. It was a show. It, it, it took away from the beauty that is water baptism. John 3 verse 5. Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot 
enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Luke 3.16 Now as the people were in expectation and all reason in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Matthew 28:19. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Baptism is obedience. It is a public declaration that we are a child, that, that we... <clears throat> need to be born again, that we die from our sins and are raised again in life. But we make this pageantry of it, this, it, it almost, to me, some of these times it just feels like a mockery. There's no, there's no prayer over somebody. It's just a, a pat on the rear end and great on you, you know, and, and let's celebrate and give them flowers and, and a new Bible and all that. Nothing follows afterwards. It just becomes religion. It's just, you know, you say, well, why? You know, you ask somebody, well, why did you get baptized? And they're like, well, I've seen other people do it. It's just one of those things, I guess, that step. That's religion talking. Be obedient as Christ was obedient. You know, so we go back, and the top four events are the birth, the baptism, the blameless life, and the death of Jesus Christ. Those are the top four events. That is what matters. That is the only thing that matters. No matter who in history, if I go on and, and lead 10,000 people to Christ, if I go into a stadium and I heal lepers, and I heal the paraplegic, and I... Heal the blind. That does not matter. That does not change anything. I don't want my name in the annals of history. I don't want people to become the Robertsons. The followers of Robertson. I want them to stay and follow the truth of Jesus Christ. That is who you should follow. Not somebody's interpretation. You have the Bible, you read it, you meditate it on, it on it day and night, and you check what I say, and you follow what it says. Galatians 1, 8 through 9.
But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. The Bible is plain. It speaks plainly. And it says what it says. So if anybody speaks to you and says you need to do something else in addition to let him be accursed for that's not the gospel. The gospel is Christ and him crucified. It is God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let religion be crucified. You know, let this, the church, the modern church, burn. Let it burn. Because all it does is set men in power. Elevates men. Is a money-grabbing scheme, a political entity, a, a way to manipulate people. If I'm not mistaken, it talks more about the body of Christ than the church. We are one body. With one head. So it makes me mad that, that people follow so blindly what other people say. So I'll say it again. Don't follow me. Read the word. Meditate on it day and night. Read the word and understand it for yourself. You have it in front of you. You can. It's so easily accessible. But understand that it's not popular. Because throughout history, those that have opposed the quote-unquote church have been labeled heretics. And more often than not, they've been killed for it. Because they chose to read the word for themselves. There is nothing else. Nothing else matters throughout history and the future. Except the birth, the baptism, the blameless life, and the death of Jesus Christ. All to the glory of God the Father. 
So don't be swayed. Look at your religion. Look at the, the church you're going to. Does he preach the word? Does he back it up with the word? Is he, is he listening to the Lord? It, all this. And know it for yourself. You know, it's my job as a shepherd, as a pastor, to lead you. And I'm going to have to answer to it. But it's your job as the sheep, as the ones listening, to read the word yourselves and meditate on it day and night. So it just makes me angry that so easily man corrupts what God had put into place. It didn't take very long for man to corrupt the Garden of Eden. And it didn't take very long after Jesus Christ for man to corrupt his message. You know, and, and I've, I know in, in my walk that the Lord has had to break down a lot of that religiosity, that, a lot of that religion that I grew up on believing. And how did he break it? Well, he, I read it. I read it in the Word. I meditated on it. And I used that as my foundation, not what some pastor said from the pulpit. It was book, chapter, verse. So I say it again, if anybody, myself included, preaches anything other than the gospel that Jesus Christ gave, let him be accursed. So Father, we just come before you repenting of our, our participation in, in the, the, the falsification, the spreading of false word and, and using and abusing Christ's name, Lord. We ask that you just set our hearts aright, that you let us focus on you and follow you and you alone. Not the words of any man, not the words that I've preached, Lord, but your words. Let them find the hearts. Let them grow, Lord, and start a fire. Lord, we thank you that through the ages one thing remains the same, that you are faithful and your truth and justice will be found out. So Lord, we ask that you continue to do that and you do it again in our lives. And all glory and honor to you and your name. In Jesus Christ, amen.